What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, this week on the show, we have what I think is just a home run. Uh, It's a fella named Nana out of the Crenshaw District who recently put out an excellent record called Save Yourself, and I think he's going to just strong arm his way into every conversation about great current rappers. I think he has a potential to be right up there in the conversation with like the whole TDE label, the whole Dreamville label, like uh, dudes like IDK, uh, D Smoke, Cause, Kendrick, Reason. Like he reminds me of a lot of the great working rappers right now. But as of recording this episode, he's under 10K on every social media platform. I think that he's a hidden gem that could end up really big. But he took the slow road. He, he's been letting it stew. He's been really honing his craft, leaving skin in the game. And I think it's paid off. I think the record is just phenomenal. And I think you guys will love it. Go check out Save Yourself right now. You know, the only uh, momentous thing that happened in my life this week is that I had some car troubles late 2019, right before the pandemic, after getting married and after getting back from our honeymoon, Mia and I bought a car. We bought a 2020 Toyota RAV4 hybrid. It's the first time that I've bought a new car ever in my life. I've never purchased a new car. I've, I've leased new cars and I've bought used cars, never bought a new car. Honestly, I didn't really want to buy a new car because I think buying cars personally is a waste of money. As soon as you drive them off the lot, they're worth half as much as what you paid for them, supposedly. I just don't think they're a good investment. But Mia was like, we're going to have a family and we're going to need a car that we can drive as far as we want and go on road trips and, and camping and yada, yada. So I said, all right, fine. So she picked it out, got a 2020 Toyota RAV4 hybrid. I liked the car. It's been doing well. Then all of a sudden earlier this week, it just didn't start. And it's a hybrid with a push button start. What do you do? It doesn't, didn't make any noise. I don't know. I'm thinking like, what the fuck? You know, it couldn't have a dead battery. It's only got uh, 11,000 miles on it or something. Like how the fuck could it have a dead battery? I start Googling what it said on the menu. Lo and behold, a bunch of like forum posts come up about dead batteries in the RAV4. When there's only like sometimes 3,000 miles on them, sometimes 5,000, like very early, like always within the first year of purchasing this 2020, the battery's dying for some reason, right? And it's the model that we have that, you know, happens to somehow be communicating with Toyota at all times. You know, Big Brother is watching. (laughs) So I call Toyota Roadside Assistance. They come and jump the car because honestly, looking in the hood, I had no idea how to jump this bitch. There's three batteries in this car, apparently. And if you're a car expert listening, you are going to know that I am completely full of shit and I don't know anything about cars. That's fine. But apparently what I read, there's three batteries in there. It's the 12 volt that keeps dying. But in order to jump this battery, you have to plug it in. Like one of them goes on the 12 volt. Another one goes on some random piece of metal on the other side of the engine. Like I would have never gotten it right. So the Toyota roadside guy comes and jumps the car and it starts fine. He says, you know, just drive it around a little bit. um, Let it run for like 10 to 15 minutes. It'll be fine. If it dies again, after three times of us coming out to jump it, they'll replace it. And that kind of pisses me off. He well, he also tells me that in the last month and a half or something, he's had to jump 65 RAV4s, the exact same model as mine. He's like, oh, yeah, I've had to jump 65 of these in the last like month and a half. I said, what the fuck? So clearly there's something going on that Toyota knows about. You know what I'm saying? And they're not telling people about it, which really pisses me off because it's a waste of my time and energy. But also like, what the fuck? You sold us this car that I'm paying out the ass for. Like the battery doesn't last? Like the battery? Really? And the thing is, I can't just go to AutoZone, buy myself a new battery and not worry about it because it's like some kind of different custom ass Toyota battery, right? So later that day, Mia has to go somewhere. She has a prenatal massage and I end up having a driver to it because we go to start the car and the shit doesn't start. So I have to drop her off in the truck and then... I won't like tell you what my whole two hours was at that point, but it was a very busy two hours as I'm trying to like juggle all this shit and drop her off and pick her up. By that point, I am fucking heated that the car won't start after we got it jumped and after the guy told me just let it run 15 minutes, it'll be fine. 
So I called Toyota. I called my dealership. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Da, 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 da. I'm like on the verge of cussing, but like not really cussing. And they're like, oh, if uh, yeah, you don't have to get it jumped three times. Uh, this is a problem that is taking place. And so if you need to get their battery replaced, um, you can go to any dealership. It doesn't have to be ours because the one that I went to is like a half hour away because we got the best deal there. So I called this other Toyota dealership that's like right down the street from me. And they're like, oh, yeah, we could replace it for you. But let me check on that part. Oh, sorry. That part's on back order. I say it's on fucking back order because everybody's is dying at the same time. And he's like, yeah, pretty much. And I'm like, so what? I'm just going to be like sitting on a fucking brick for months until this new part comes in. He's like, well, you can you just got to call around to other dealerships and see if they have any in stock. Yeah, for us, it's on back order. So I call back to my dealership that I bought it from. And now I'm livid. And I'm like, yo, this part's on back order. Will you check if it's on back order on your place? And she's like, yeah, it is on back order. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So you were just sending me on a wild goose chase? Like, da 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 da. And she's like, hold on, let me put a manager on the phone. I get on the phone with the manager. I'm like, hey, man, what are you going to do? Here I am paying for this fucking car that you guys sold me. And now I'm not even going to be able to use it. And I'm like, we're a one car family. I'm like lying to them because I want to, like, you know, really bang on them because I do have another vehicle. But, you know, what am I supposed to do? What if I had to, like, drive my pregnant wife in my 1995 Ford F-150 to the fucking hospital? How am I going to bring it back? You can't strap in a baby seat in a fucking truck like that. Uh, how, how am I going to bring her back after we have the baby if that was the case? You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm thinking about. I'm telling them, we're a one vehicle family. Like, what am I supposed to do? Just like not have a vehicle? Da, 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 da. And he's like, well, okay, so what we can do is bring it in and we'll check it out. And if it does need to be replaced, you know, we'll obviously give you a rental car for free until the part comes in. So he says, uh, well, what I need you to do is go outside and check if your vehicle has an SOS button on the roof above the mirror uh, or on the ceiling, like above the mirror. And I'm like, okay. So I go out and check. I said, yes, it has an SOS button. What does that mean? He's like, basically, that thing is communicating even when the car's off with Toyota connected services and this, that, and the other. And I'm thinking in my head, like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you guys are, even when my car's off, you guys are like tracking what my car is doing and fucking with it and, or whatever. You know, it's like, just like, why, why does there need to be mics inside my car? Why, why, why does Big Brother need to stock my motherfucking car? Like, what data are you getting off this? So that's some shady shit, first and foremost, Um, not to be on some conspiratorial shit. I'm just saying, like, it's very intrusive. And so he's like, yeah, uh, what happens is that 12-volt battery that's dead, it's the thing powering the SOS system that communicates with Toyota Connected Services, but it's really just firmware update thing that needs to be fixed. So if you come in, we can plug it into some computers, check if that's all that's wrong with it, and then you'll be on your way and it should last, you know, all the way up to its warranty. But if it's dead, we'll give you a car for the time being, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, you're telling me you guys are connected to my car, but you can't just update it via the web? Now I'm pissed that they, like, are being so intrusive, but they can't just update my shit through the fucking Bluetooth or some shit, like some Wi-Fi. You guys, <laughs> like, you guys can't just, like, update my shit through the cloud. I have to drive a fucking half hour away so you can plug my shit in. And I'm like, man, how long is this shit going to take? He's like, well, we'll probably have you in and out in about three hours. Three fucking hours? God damn. You know, I'm just getting on my old man dad piss shit. Like, what the fuck? So anyway, I'm making a point for the next day. The same fucking Toyota guy has to come out. The roadside assistant guy has to come out and jump my shit the next day. And he's like, oh, I told you, bro. And I'm like, yeah, but they're going to they're gonna fix it. We'll see what happens. So, so he comes out and uh, I drive to the dealership and I start. I just go to work while I'm there. I was just working on my laptop and shit. And there's somebody else working, you know, good 15, 20 feet away from me on his laptop. I hear him making all these sad calls. He's like some kind of salesman. Like, oh, I'm just following up on about these avocado sales and, and just getting rejected repeatedly and hanging up and cold calling somebody else. And I'm like, ah, oh, poor guy. But then this motherfucker starts playing house music off of his fucking gaming PC, it looks like. He starts playing house music. And I'm like, bro, there's other people in this room getting their car fixed, working as well. Why the fuck are you playing house music? But I just I, I wasn't trying to start a conflict, so I just put my headphones in, but I just can't believe the audacity and the lack of self-awareness of some people. Like, man, house music? You think anybody else wants to hear that shit in the vicinity that you're at? Like if you're at a coffee shop or something working, do you ever play music out fucking loud? Are you kidding me? So anyway, that happened. They fixed my car. Apparently, all it was was the firmware shit, but I wasted three hours. Well, I didn't waste three hours of my day there. I worked for three hours at some random fucking car dealership, 
now it seems to be working. Knock on wood. We'll see. I have a prenatal appointment that I'll be driving to. Yeah, man. What a pain in the ass. It it doesn't sound as scandalous as it felt at the time because I was like, it felt like I was Charlie uncovering a conspiracy and fucking It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Like, I'm like, wait, all of these people's batteries are dying at the same time for the same reason? And Toyota's not sending us a letter to recall this battery? And now they're on back order? And so everybody that owns a 2020 Toyota RAV4 is going to be sitting on a dead car? Like, this is crazy. This seems like a class action lawsuit. I'm going to call my fucking lawyer. I don't even have a lawyer, but I was like, I was on that shit. I was like, this is crazy that we're getting fucked over. Uh, but you know, the reality of it was, it was just a three hour divergence of my week, but man, it really made me mad for those two days, as you can see. Uh, uh, (laughs) other than that, it's been hard in the household, man. Mia's getting very pregnant. You know, she's getting work to the bone right now. Her, the company she works for, it is insanity how much they are working right now. And it would be fine if it was just you know, some regular shit where she's not pregnant and she's not also attending college at night, but she is very pregnant and she is attending college at night. And so the fact that they're all crunching and working like 12 hour days, man, it's really wearing down on her. And it's very sad to see she'd been very stressed and very depressed. And that rubs off, you know, that that shit is I'm I'm empathetic to that and it rubs off on me. And so, you know, the pandemic's wearing on us. We we really feel trapped in this house. Thankfully, you know, she and I are good and and we enjoy being uh, in a house together. But yeah, definitely the walls are closing in a little bit. And I don't know. I'm excited to try and get a goddamn vaccine. One of the homies tried to like scam and go get a vaccine because <laughs> this is so funny. I'm not going to name names, but essentially one of my buddies found out like oh yeah nobody's uh checking any paperwork at dodger stadium when you try to get vaccinated and so (laughs) he got one of uh his buddies like healthcare worker voucher letters from his employer and just photoshopped his name on it because everybody that he's talked to was like yeah when i went to dodger stadium i had my healthcare worker letter and it's all run by volunteers and nobody even looked at the paperwork. They're just like, yeah, come on through, get vaccinated. So he's like, well, I'm going to fucking try that. So he goes and um, he's like, hi, yeah, I have my letter from my employer, uh, you know, and they go, oh, yeah, we're not accepting letters from employers anymore. You need a letter from an employer and a W-2 from that employer. Uh, And he's like, oh, really? My, uh, my coworker just got vaccinated here last week. He said, oh, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, over the last week, so many people have been forging letters that we had to stop accepting letters. And he's like, oh, OK, OK. He didn't try to fight it. He just like dipped out. What a bungle. Uh, th- they have really fucking fumbled the bag when it comes to this vaccination rollout. I don't know that I fully agree with doing it by age because, you know, the age difference in the age of the Internet is so crazy, you know, the average 70-year-old who's ready to get vaccinated or could be vaccinated barely knows how to get on the fucking internet to like to book a vaccination appointment and that is very biased i know that's ageist whatever personally i think areas that have been hit the hardest by the vaccination should have mobile vaccination sites set up in those neighborhoods to get vaccinated first i know that opens a whole other can of worms uh with marginalized communities having been uh experimented on in the past and so there being a distinct lack of trust for the medical industry which is completely and utterly understandable there's so many layers to this shit uh is really hard to call what the right uh, call is, but I just know that right now it seems as though not enough people in Los Angeles are getting fucking vaccinated, and so, yeah, man, it's crazy, it's crazy. Anyway, at least I had a little more to talk about this week than last week, you know? So, without further ado, I'm going to get into this conversation with Nana, who, like I said, if you haven't heard Save Yourself yet, go listen to it. I think you're going to be hearing about this guy next year getting brought up in, or this year, brought up in a lot of conversations about uh, great working rappers. I think all the rappers that I just named, like if you like Cause, if you like IDK, if you like Reason, if you like Kendrick, Schoolboy Q, if you like Boz, you know, even, even Earth Gang, Jid, rappers like that, D Smoke, this guy is for you. Got a great rap voice, great beats, production. At the end of the podcast, I find out that he released the record independently. Mind blown. I thought that, uh, I thought maybe he was like already tied up in the industry. I thought, you know, he was already on a label. Maybe they were acting like he was independent, but nah, he's like actually independent. It's just that him and his camp have been working on this shit. Well, particularly him. They've been working on it for like 10 years, you know? And, And so he stayed quiet, kept his nose down, and 
the product pays off because of that. So right now, go listen to Save Yourself. Go check out New Bens on our YouTube channel. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Nana. Damn, so you guys had an adventure getting here. We had an adventure getting here. Yeah. It's like that sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Nothing nothing uh, worth having comes easy. So it's like, you know, <laughs> That's this is real. a great experience. That's you real. Know? So I'm like, some something is trying to get in the way of this happening, but... Devil don't sleep. You listen. Yeah. Can't can't stop us. Yeah, you guys broke down in your car a couple times, what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. a pain in the ass. It's pain, but man. you made it. We made it. Did you, did you have like the nervous sweats of like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be late. I get very like nervous when I'm running late. If I was driving, I would have been having like nervous sweats. But see, he's like, man, my DJ slash uh, recording engineer, Devon, he said, man, that's all, that's in, in pressure situations. He's always cool. So I was cool. I was like, we're going to make it. Yeah. I had no doubt about it. He kept it, it cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you coming from? Uh, The Crenshaw District. Crenshaw District. Yep. Are you born and raised in the Crenshaw District? Yeah, born and raised. Yeah. How long has your family been there? Um, For about 30 years. Yeah, right. Yeah, probably, I think, longer than that, honestly. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe like 35 years. No shit. Yeah. Where they come from originally? Uh, London. From London? Yeah, yeah. But originally from Ghana. So yeah. my parents were born in Ghana, but they met in London. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I have Were they in there. school for London or, or Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, so my mom, my mom was uh, actually going to school out there. Like she was studying to um, be a culinary artist and my dad was actually in the Navy. Oh, wow. Which Navy? <sighs> Man, I might, I'm I'm just gonna sound super ignorant. No, but that's I right. really have no idea. Yeah, but I know he was in the navy out there. Yeah, right. That's tight. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so yeah. they meet in London and become sweethearts, and then move to the states. Yeah. Well, my, they had my older brother and my older sister out there. In so London, they were born. Yeah, in London. Are you the youngest? Uh, I'm the second to the youngest. Okay, so there's four of you. Uh, five. Five of you. Yeah. Man, so that's a big old family. It's a big family. Yeah. Yeah. But you're born in the States? I was born out here. Yeah, I was right. Born in Los Angeles. What were they doing over here for work when they moved? Well, my mom, she came first. She um she was just trying to get on her feet. Um yeah. uh just taking care of uh of uh my older brother and my sister. Actually, I'm telling the story wrong. My dad came here first yeah. to get set up. Yeah. So right. that when my mom got here, everything would be smooth. Everything would be smooth. You yeah. know, my dad started like working little jobs here and there, worked worked at a bank, yeah. you know, and um he's actually a, a bishop too, so Oh wow. Yeah, he was getting all of that um started and uh he started the first uh West African church in Los Angeles. So Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it still standing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah amazing. He's is he still the preacher there? Yep. The pastor? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's dope. So you grew up in the church. Yeah, I grew up in the church. Uh, music in the church? Yeah, well, I didn't necessarily do music, but my dad did. Like, he, like, recorded a whole album and all of that. Oh, know? really? So, yeah, like, that was my first studio experience, going to the studio with my dad and seeing him, like, make music. That's the, what, like, uh, making... Um, gospel. Gospel like music. Yeah, gospel music. Um, It's called High Life. Like, it's like a genre of gospel music. You oh, that's know? It's dope. like... It sounds like islandy. Oh, but wow. it's, it's it's dope. But it, it, dope. yeah, it, it derives from I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ghana, West Africa. Yeah, right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. So, did he already know when he moved to the states that he wanted to get into uh, being a pastor? Yes, yes, he did. He when he was in London, um, he just started like you know becoming into like who he is today like he yeah. his discovery his self-discovery yeah. i would say came when he was like he got real spiritual and yeah, like yeah, yeah 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 that's dope did your mom end up getting into the culinary arts becoming a chef or something yes and no actually it's crazy she ended up uh uh, when she got out here, I mean, she still knows how to cook, obviously. But yeah. when she got out here, she uh, got into uh, like doing hair, and now she she owns her own uh, beauty supply. Well, that's dope. Yeah. So both of your parents are business owners, basically. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah wow. Exactly. That's really yeah. dope. How long after they moved to the states is it when you arrive? And they came here in eighty uh, four. Yeah. Uh, maybe like five years later. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, so what's life like in the Crenshaw district growing up for you as a kid? Mm. Turbulent times back then, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, you kind of had to be head on a swivel and just like, you know, just be on a path. Like, yeah. there were several different paths that you could have chose to, you know, be on, obviously, but um, 
it was cool, you know, as long as you stayed to yourself and stayed out of other people's business and stayed out of the way. Yeah. Um, for the most part, you were good. You know, yeah, yeah. For the most part. But, you know, sometimes, you know, just being curious and just being around certain uh, different circles, yeah. you know, could draw you into, right. you know, some shits. How much older is your oldest brother from you? Nine years. Nine years. Yep. So... His experience coming to America must have been so different than yours just growing up here. This is all you knew, but he has these experiences in London and coming over here. What was, do you ever ask him like what his adjustment period was like? No, nah, that's that's so interesting. Yeah. But it's so crazy because it was like he came here so like young to yeah. where it was like he probably was like four years old. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah. just got in quick. Yeah, he just got yeah. in quick. So having older siblings growing up in the Crenshaw district, were they teaching you the ropes of having the, the cool shit to do, cool, yeah, yeah. like cool music to listen to, et yeah, cetera, et cetera? definitely cool music. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was like the main thing. We always, like, we listened to all, like, I was blessed, like, to have such, like, you know, uh, in-tune siblings that yeah. knew, you know, the cool shit, you yeah. know, from popular music to hip hop to rap to R and B. Yeah, right. The full um, yeah, spectrum of music full spectrum in the house. Of music. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. Dope. Yeah, that 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 was that was one thing that I always like. Never had a shortage of. The eldest brother was he like sliding you tapes and shit like that or what? It was it was actually yeah between my older brother uh and my older sister yeah yeah like yeah. like yeah my older brother he was like I would say like more advanced in terms of like like genres like he was listening to like Jamiroquai oh yeah and you know what I'm saying shit yeah, like that funk shit yeah yeah, that. yeah 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 like Maxwell oh yeah you know um yeah. and my sister she was like straight like genuine you know what I'm saying yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 Aaliyah yeah and you know we all collectively like we hold like Michael Jackson like that was like the standard yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah, like yeah. so you know as far as good music like that's all it was in the in the house was yeah. was good music because Michael Jackson was like the standard. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, being the little brother and having older siblings putting you on a Michael Jackson and shit, would they be like, "Yo, not a dance like Mike"? We all used to dance yeah, like Mike. Yeah, because I know when I was yeah, a kid, yeah. I'd be trying to yeah. dance like Hell Mike yeah. too. Yeah, we all did. We all did. As a matter of fact, my my older brother, I think he got he got into dancing like, and he was dancing for like um for the for, for like his high school like. You know, on the yeah. same, that high school dance squad or whatever. Yeah, and you know, it it was like like shit. We all used to try to be Mike. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like real. that was like you know that was that dude was fucking iconic. In he's the, early the greatest 90s, artist late 80s of and all time. You know, on one of the songs on on you you talk about school wasn't really for you. You just be skipping and shit. Was it always like that? Like, or, or did, as a, as an elementary kid, did you like school? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I love school. I love school up until I want to say like, like when you got into rap, probably. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I was, I was like, just like any other kid, go to school, uh, do it because you have to, um, you know, because your parents tell you to, yep. and uh, you know, just playing basketball, you know. So you're a hooper. Yeah, yeah. When when you start playing basketball, pe like pee wee league, little kid. Pro yeah, like fourth grade. Were you good? Probably like, yeah, I was. I was decent. Yeah. I was pretty nice. Yeah. I was pretty nice. Uh, uh, I got into. I really got into basketball like, like second, third grade. Like, like seeing Kobe and oh, shit yeah. like that. I like Kobe was like when he got in the league. Like my favorite basketball player. Yeah. Like, Cause I never got a chance to see Jordan like in his prime. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I was probably, I was young. A little too young. Yeah. 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 So when Kobe got in the league, I was like second grade. So I was probably like seven years old, eight years old. Yeah. I mean, that must be amazing. I, I didn't grow up in a, um in a market with a pro team, but to grow up like in Los Angeles with the best player in the league on the team. I yeah. mean, fuck, that must've yeah. been crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just to watch him, uh, grow as we grew up like we watched him grow from like you know what I'm saying 17 years old to yeah. like you know up until his unfortunate passing yeah, but RIP. you know yeah it was it was super dope just to like get those years of like seeing a dynasty happen yeah. you know oh, what I'm man, saying that must have been amazing it was super was amazing kid, yeah. oh man it was like when they won their first championship I think I was in yeah I was in fifth grade yeah I was in fifth grade and it was just like like a new lease on the city like we entering into a new decade, 2000, yep. LA is the champs, 
You know what I'm saying? It was like really like what a time it is to Magic be alive. Magic time. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. And that's like the prime time to be a sports fan, too, is yeah. like that fifth grade, sixth grade yeah. era. You're just yep. like, you can be a fanatic. Yeah, hell yeah. Because I was like, man, I was just a fan of like basketball. Like, yeah. not even particularly like only Kobe. Like, Kobe was it for like, he was like my favorite player. But right. obviously, I, I love Shaq. I love, I loved Iverson. I hated him because he was so good. Yeah. But I loved him. I loved how. I loved how much I hated how good he was. I mean, and he just changed the entire, like... Yeah, he was a, Not even just the fashion of the NBA, but I feel like he changed the entire fashion of America, you feel me? He was a renaissance player. You know what I mean? Like... He he was a renaissance player. Like, he brought... this. They changed the dress code in the NBA yeah. because of Iverson. Yeah, because yeah. he just, like... His aura that he brought to the game was just, like... It was unmatched. Nobody yeah. had, like, done, like, what iverson was doing he's like generational player like yeah real you know shit. what i'm saying yeah one so, of the most influential one of the most influential so around that time yeah i started like really getting into like hooping and playing yeah. basketball and me and uh my boy uh devon devon yeah yeah we um we met in sixth grade oh no shit yeah we met like hooping yeah. you know what i'm saying in sixth grade we both went to the same uh uh middle school crazy story i tried out for the team i didn't make it he made it you yeah. know what i'm saying him and uh james harden he went to middle school with us too. James Harden? Yeah, James Harden. He went to Audubon. No shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys were all in the same school? We we all went to the same school. We graduated the same year. We're class of uh oh three. No shit. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you keep in contact? No, it's so crazy because I didn't even like after after middle school yeah. when we had graduated, me and him, we went to the same high school. Yeah. So we kept in contact. Okay. I didn't know what happened to James until like I probably I think I was watching the Laker uh like uh, what was I watching? I was watching a Laker game in 2010. Yeah. Um, and I seen his name. It said Harden. I was like Harden. Yeah. And then I saw James. I was like, oh no fucking way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh shit. Was he good back then? He he was good back yeah. then. He wasn't like you know he wasn't like like I he wasn't Lights even a star. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he I think he had probably had had a hit a growth hit spurt a growth spurt. Yeah. To started taking it more serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But he was good though. Yeah, he was yeah. good back then. Yeah. He, he was he was good. So you didn't make that team? I didn't make that team. So does Devon still use that as on to clown you? Like nah, man. nah, nah. He could, he could, but he don't, he don't, he don't. He I mean, don't. shit. If I was him, that would you be. Would. That, well, no, I wouldn't clown, but that would be my claim. I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, I used to be on the same team as James Harden. Oh yeah, shit. yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's on the resume. <laughs> For sure. That's on a resume. That's funny as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where was that middle school at? Uh, uh, Audubon Middle School. It was, it was in the Crenshaw District. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then so you guys end up going to high school in, in the Crenshaw District too, or did you bust it elsewhere? Yeah, no. Nah, we we went to um, Dorsey High School. So Dorsey. It, it was like five minutes away from the middle school. So. Yeah. And what what's Dorsey like um, sociologically? Predominantly black school? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It makes me wonder, did you grow up... Around any white people, really? No. When did you first start, like, being around white people? When I worked at Abercrombie & Fitch. That's the first after, time ever? After in high, high school? school. No yeah, shit. After high school. Like, literally the, maybe like six months after I graduated. That was really your first experience of white folks? Yeah, I had no, yeah, no. What's that culture shock like? It was like, oh shit, it was a whole new world. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I worked at the Grove, so... The Nike that was there used to be an Abercrombie & Fitch, so I would bust it to the Grove and, yeah. you know, just to see other shit. I was like, one day I was just like, you know what? I need a job. I'm fresh out of high school. Yeah. Man, let me see. Let me get on the bus and see where it takes me. And, yeah. you know, um, I got off at the, you know, at the Grove stop and I was like, oh, shit, I had never been to the Grove. I'm like, oh, shit, this is Melrose. This is the Grove. This is 93rd. How'd you get the job? Had you, uh, never having been there before? Um, just apply online? I just applied online. Yeah. Wait, what year was this? 07, 08. Did you work for a, a girl named Lindsay? L Lindsay. Lindsay. I believe so. That's the girl I used to live with. She was a manager there. That's fucking crazy. I didn't work for Lindsay. Yeah. I know Lindsay, though. Yeah, tall I, white girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know Lindsay. I worked for, uh, I think uh, his name was Brandon. Lindsay, I think, was one of the managers. Yeah. So. Yeah, damn, that's fucking crazy. That was my ex-girl that I moved to L.A. with. Oh, shit. Yeah. Around what time was that? 07. Oh, damn, that's fucking crazy. What a small, weird that's world. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yo, that's wild. Small world. That's that's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this Man. is like a narwhal moment. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for that, real. That was crazy. Did, did you? What did you do at Abercrombie? Out of curiosity, backstock. 
Yeah. So you would be folding clothes at night? Yep. Bro, I feel like I, I I used to come there sometimes at night and pick her up or whatever, and I would meet people. I I wonder if we ever fucking met we back then on some like, random shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, in crazy. the parallel universe, like, yeah, cross that's so yeah. fu- What a small world. It's crazy. That's crazy. Okay, so let's get back to the... Um, so do you look back on your experience of going to a predominantly black high school with like reverence, like, oh, that was a great time and I'm glad that that was my experience? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, learned, I learned how to survive. Yeah. It taught me survival. In what sense? What in yeah. a sense of like, in a sense of just like, as a kid, you kind of have to grow up fast, like being in that type of environment, uh-huh. like being like in an environment that's like, they're in there below the poverty line, Yeah, you know, and yeah. people don't have, so people have to get and people might try to get from you. Yeah. You got to ha- know ha- head on a swivel at right. all times, like right. real shit. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of positions that I was put in where I thought I would not see tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I had a lot of friends that, you know, were in that same position that weren't as fortunate as I was. Yeah. You feel me? So, and it sucks because, like, wrong place, wrong time is really a thing. I yeah, know a lot real. of, like, people that weren't in, no, in you know, anything crazy that just right. so happened to be, like, unfortunately, like, a victim of circumstance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, it really taught me, like— how to be street smart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like where to be, where not to be, who to associate with, who not to associate with, you know, and um shit. When those street lights come on, how your ass in the house. Yeah, right. <laughs> what do you think made you avoid becoming involved in some of the more um, nefarious things that, that might be around the Crenshaw district. Uh, it, I got to a point where I was just like, man, I, I know I have a purpose in life. I know yeah. I'm not playing basketball anymore, but yeah. I, I know I want to be something, but you know, these, like, I'm still there. Like, like yeah. these motherfuckers are my homies. They, my friends, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I was to a degree, um, you know, dibbling and dabbling and, you know, get, getting in, you know, just, around just, it. just being around the homies, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, and, um, but I, I never wanted to like, obviously like, you know, no, nobody, some people don't give a fuck if they in jail or if they end up in jail or if they end up dead. I know that I didn't want that. Yeah, right. You know, because right. I know my mama would have probably whipped my ass if I ever went to jail, yeah. you know. Right. And oh, man, if I would have ended up dead, my mom would have kicked my she ass. She would have kicked my ass. Right. She would have opened up the casket, pulled me out, <laughs> fucked me up. But now nah, I'm joking. <laughs> nah, but now nah, real talk, it was just like the hunger like for more. Right, you know right. Looking back at your experience as the child of immigrants in, in, in your neighborhood, do you think your experience was different than people who were like generationally American? Yeah, it was because yeah. I came back to a whole cultured household. Yeah. You know, and it was like like discipline. Like, you know, my dad was very by the book. He mm-hmm. was like very strict when it came to certain things, about school, you know, so I kind of like to a degree, I kind of rebelled against that once I like started like, you know what I'm saying? Once I got to uh, maybe like 10th, 11th grade. Um, but I ha- still had that structure there. Some people do not have that structure. Yeah. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, like just having family, having like a sense of family, like people don't have that. Like right. coming from where I come from. So that's why they go and join gangs because it gives them a sense of family and love. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. I was fortunate to have that. Right. So, so you didn't, you weren't seeking it out because you had it. Yeah, home. exactly. Right. Exactly. Parents being from Ghana, have you ever gone back and visited? Yeah, in 2005. How was back. it? It was crazy. It was the craziest experience probably yeah. I ever had. Really? I, cause I, yeah, because I was like old enough to like realize what was going on. Yeah. I think it'll be a totally different experience like when I go back because I'm going back as a grown man. But still, like having been like a teenager and going and realizing and seeing different things and like being old enough to take in the culture, it was a wonderful experience. It was an eye opening experience and it showed me how different things are yeah. like from out here. You know what I'm saying? And I say that in the sense of everybody think like Africa's the jungle and all of that shit. Yeah. Like it's like uh, it's so many different areas that are like well developed out there, like advanced, like for real. Were for you real. even surprised going back of like, oh, this was not what I was expecting? Yes, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. That just goes back to like a lot of the stuff that they teach us in schools, because like you know when you open it up the textbook, you get this image, and then when you actually go see the shit for yourself, it's a totally different image. Yeah, you right. Know what I'm saying like, right. I, just like everywhere. You know, there are poverty-stricken areas, obviously, uh, but, you know, it was a cool experience. I yeah. got to meet my grandma, uh, both my grandmothers. Yeah. Um, 
You got a lot of cousins and shit? I got a lot of cousins out there, that a lot cool. of family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it was cool just to like be out there. When you get to Ghana, do you feel almost like a spiritual connection to it quickly or, or did it just feel like I'm visiting a foreign country? It felt like I was visiting back home. It's yeah. crazy because as soon as I stepped off the plane, it was like humid. I just felt like a... Bro, the, the plane ride, it's like 20 hours. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a long, Cause that's you got, a long flight. Yeah, you got to connect to... Um, uh, we connected to we went from here to London, yeah. and then from London there, I think from here to London was like fifteen hours. So long, yeah. And then from London there was like five. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it 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 was definitely a different experience. At the time, I couldn't really like, really put my finger on it, but it was a it was an experience that I felt that I needed. Yeah. But it was cool. I'm I'm so glad that that happened. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I went with my sister and my mom. That's and my sick. Niece. Had you um already been making music at that point? Um, You're about 15, 16 when you went? Uh, yes. Yeah. I was like kind of toying around with it. Just like, dabbling. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was, I was, uh, I was heavy into the G unit oh, at yeah. that time. Yeah. Heavy into the 50s and like listening to mixtapes. And I was more so like in like a studying phase, like where I was like, really like studying yeah um, so you were you weren't getting off the plane like hey yo cousin check out my mixtape like, yeah no nah, yeah, uh, not, uh, uh, not yet nobody really even know that knew that i was like into it like, yeah you know in the sense of like so was g unit were those your guys those are the ones who like inspire you to start rapping really um yes in a sense yeah. um yeah i would say so uh but really honestly like when i really like went back and did my homework yeah. on like like you know nas like yeah that's really when I was like, all right. Yeah, because you're a real rapper's rapper, I yeah. would say. Um, yeah. You got a lot of styles that you can do. Yep. Um, you have a very classic rap voice. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. A certain resonance. It seems like you take a lot of pride in precision and and your writing, you know, the cr your craft, really. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense that you would have studied rappers like Nas. Who who are your other guys? Uh Game. So Oh yeah, Game. See, seeing as to how like Game was part of G Unit, yeah. like Game definitely was, you know, he 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 was one of the guys that inspired me um, you know, I I really went back and did my homework on like Cool G Raps. Oh, you know? man, I love Cool yeah, G Raps. Yeah. yeah, man. And I was just talking to a friend of mine uh, the other day about like uh like different genres of rap and we had like brought up like a uh, a mafioso rap and Coogee yeah. rap is like the godfather of yep. and uh yeah we were just like kind of like doing our homework and shit like not really doing our homework yeah. but like you know just comparing like, notes yeah exactly yeah. exactly because you know uh i think it's dope how that kind of like still lives on and it's yeah. through the griselda guys oh yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. so i think that's uh super dope but nah um well, and even the griselda guys remind me of like prime uh ray and ghost you know what exactly I mean? yeah exactly and they they also were a prominent figures in that subgenre of hip hop as yeah. well, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So I went back and studied, you know, um, uh, even that, just like how, like how to rap. Yeah. Uh, to me, the best rappers or like the 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 rappers who have always been at the forefront of the culture uh -huh. or the genre have at least knew how to rap like yeah. that was the foundation like yeah. they knew how to rap everything else came like whether it was outcast andre 3000 jay-z kanye west lil wayne they knew how to rap yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. so i'm like if i want to be the best rapper i have to know how to rap yeah like, if i want to be the even uh, like the best artist i have to at least know how to rap and you know everything else is going to come i'll evolve this that and the third yeah so what's interesting though to me is having studied a lot of the guys you brought up are East Coast guys other than Game Game, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, from uh, South L.A. as well. There's still this distinct style of modern, you know, South Central. Like I think of the Kendricks, I think of Kaz, I think of, um, you know, dudes like that where you fit right into that as well. Like there's something very distinctively Southwest L.A. about your sound, right? Where do you think that comes from? Um. Uh, just I guess like evolving with the yeah. time, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like just evolving with the time and and just like trying to push myself to compete yeah. against what's out there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like from the Kendricks of the world and right. you know the, like just the guys that are that are it like yeah. today, the Jake Coles, the Joey Badasses, totally. Like, 
Cause like I listened to the record and I'm like, oh, this would fit perfectly on TDE, and you got to collab mm-hmm. with Reason and everything. But mm-hmm. I'm sure that wasn't on purpose. I just think that's like from living in that region. You yeah. know what I mean? Living yeah, in that yeah. area, like yeah. there's something in the water there that makes the rap sound that way. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, one thing about Los Angeles is so many different lanes of like just so many different lanes. Yeah. You know, you have the um the Shoreline Mafias. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. I I think L. A. is like one of the most talented coast like and yeah that have so much to offer there's so many pockets there's so many different pockets you know and i study a little bit of every pocket honestly yeah. like truthfully and honestly obviously my there there's like a uh my go-to pocket you know what i'm saying yeah. which is you know uh just taking what i studied from the you know the the period and the golden age and golden era that that the lyricist that you were really from. drawn yeah, exactly to. and just uh, like kind of like making it fit yeah into like today's like wave right, you know, of, right of los angeles music totally growing up in the crenshaw district did you used to go to like the spliff or bananas or anything like that i went to bananas a few times yeah i live not too far okay yeah um because i remember back in like oh six oh seven there was some shit um it was in westchester mm-hmm. uh called the spliff that my homie verbs and val the vandal oh yeah yeah yeah. i know i know i know verbs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 i bet we were i bet we've just run into, each, run other. into each other yeah on times, some random man. shit yeah, yeah definitely 100 yeah. percent. yeah so let's get into like how you start discovering that you have a, a talent for rapping uh, around what age do you think you start writing it was writing a secret at first were you keeping yeah. it for people yeah yeah, yeah. i was just kind of like in my room like writing shit i probably wrote a, a hundred 200 300 raps that nobody ever heard Holy that i shit. didn't even get to like record honestly i was just writing shit like i was just writing you know just what from, kind of subject matter were you tackling or back then um do you look back now and go like oh this is some childish ass shit yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah sure. you know, because you, when you're directly inspired by some shit, you don't have an identity. You're just, like, trying to emulate what you love. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you're trying to directly emulate what you love. And it was a lot of trial and error, writing, balling up, throwing yeah. away, you know, but it was necessary. Yeah. Were you just, like, looking up beats on YouTube or, Man, or, or YouTube wasn't SoundClick or round, something? Bro. Yeah. yeah, like, SoundClick. Like, yeah. YouTube, like... I started like getting into YouTube maybe like oh six oh seven, but it wasn't like how it is now where you could look up like game type beat. type beats. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So you're on SoundClick looking for like free beats and shit to rap looking over. For free beats to rap on. I had a friend that um I was going to school with. I was like producing. Yeah, like you know he's like my best friend. His daughter is my goddaughter. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. So he was like making beats and stuff like that. So I was just going to his studio, um like over on the east side of Los Angeles, yeah. near east side, and, like, just going there and just, like, you know, recording music. Yeah, it was just kind of like a like a workout for me, like a gym type of thing. It was just, just getting shots up in the gym, just, yeah. like, trying to perf- getting your Getting your reps in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, was there any sort of pivotal moment where you went from this secret bedroom rapper to, like, telling your friends or showing your friends, like, yeah, I actually, I write a lot, I, I rap a lot? They would come to the studio with me sometimes and they'd be like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. like damn, you're good. Well, like, so I guess what I'm saying is before your friends start showing up to the studio, like, how do you get from being just writing in the bedroom to, like, let me come record at the studio? That, nobody still, like, nobody still knew. I was still, like, like maybe, like, a few people, yeah. you know what I'm saying, like, that were super close to me, like, that like were, like, my best friends. Um, and I was just like, you know what? This is something that I really want to do. Yeah. I, like, let me give it a shot. Let me see what the fuck I could, like, make, you know? Yeah. So I went to the studio. Shit was trash, yeah. obviously, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it it was just, like, a development period. Like, a man, I probably went through, like, five years of development. That's amazing because a lot of people don't take that time. Yeah. I actually think a lot of people are unlucky nowadays to where their first thing that they make, it, hit. it hits and catches on, yeah. and then you're just trying to play catch up to that thing yeah. the whole rest of the, the time. The song is bigger than you. Cause you know yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. In listening to your records, I'm like, oh, this is somebody who like really took the time to develop because you're coming out uh, seemingly as like a fully developed product. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got all the right weaponry. You got the imagery. You've got the you got the bars. You've got the the like I said, the precise flow and yeah. and, and all of this stuff. Like you seem like you're just ready out the gate to be huge. It took, but it took a long time to get there. I heard uh, every overnight success takes ten years. Yeah, man. 
It's true. You got to yeah. get your thousand hours in for real. Like, yeah. Uh, like that shit is, is not no joke. And and you see it like that for me, I think was something that I wanted in my pattern. Like, you know, just seeing the time it took a lot of these guys that are staples in the culture to like really become what they are today. It took time. Yeah. Nobody just got on from like, like, boom. You nah. know what I'm saying? It takes time. Like, like, do you want microwavable food or do yeah. you want food that come out the oven? Right. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, that's what it was for me. Like, the the dude that you're working with who's making beats, did you two sort of learn the craft together? Like, as he got better at making beats, you're getting better at raps and things are just sort of starting to come together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then after, like, maybe, like, four years, five years, he ends up, like, getting a job at the airport and he's not, like, it's available. Yeah. So I just kind of have to, like, from there, like, kind of find my own way. So um, I had a friend give me, like, a bunch of studio equipment. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, I was um, using Cool Edit Pro. It was a- That's what I used to record on, too. Yeah. Cool Edit. Cool you know Edit. what Cool Edit is now? It's Adobe Audition. Oh, shit. Yeah, so if you get Adobe Audition, you'll know how to use it instantly because it's just cool edit. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's so crazy. I had no idea. I was like, I probably stopped using Cool Edit maybe, like- yeah, everybody switched to Pro Tools. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but even then, it was just so easy. I would just yeah. like my homie. He said he like preset me up like with like my vocals. So after I record, I'll just press a button and it'll already have my vocals like yeah. edited the way that I yeah that I wanted. You know, the thing that I really loved about Cool Edit was like because that was really the program that I learned to like look at waves and visualize what sound looks like. You know, yeah. but it, the the color scheme was green and black, like yeah. the fucking Matrix. Was, and so yep. at a certain point, when you start to look at the waves and you can like tell what word it is, it yeah. really feels like cracking the matrix you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah exactly 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 it was so like straight to the point so simple yeah it wasn't difficult at all so I, I was just on there like oh man like that's really where it came in where i was just like going hard like yeah on a music shit yeah but maybe you'll relate to this cool edit is not the easiest program to punch in on and i notice in listening to your music you have great breath control because i have a feeling that cool edit probably taught it you taught me exactly how to get exactly, all the way through a verse exactly right damn yeah yeah yo that's pretty fucking spot on <laughs> yeah i had to go through the cool edit boot camp and it it really shaped and molded me like how to punch in and yeah. like breath control and yeah. like you can't make this sound like you punching in on right the people gonna be like uh yeah you know what i'm saying totally like, you Feel me? So yeah, because Pro Tools point, is yeah. so easy to punch in on. You fucking hold a button down and exactly. you can, and it can exactly. just it blends it right it together. Blends, you're right. But Cool Edit is a pain in the ass. You know what I'm saying? It is. So you really it really makes you like step your bars up and figure out yes. how to like get all the way through a verse right. without fucking up. Exactly. So even then, I take that analogy and like that you know trial and error and apply it to how I record on Pro Tools yeah. and. It makes for like just like the best songs because with the advancement of what you're able to do on Pro Tools yeah. and what I learned from Cool Edit, like yeah. it it sounds like I'm just doing it yeah, the whole yeah, straight way yeah. through. And sometimes I do. So. Yeah, right. Did you always go by Nana? Uh, no, I I used to go by uh, Blazon Maven. Blazon Maven. Yeah, crazy ass name. I said I like the way it looked on paper, yeah. and I I I think. Lupe inspired the name because I liked how Lupe Fiasco sounded. Yeah, right. I think he had mentioned like when he chose his name and looked good on paper. So I was yeah. like, man, I need I, let me let me go with something similar. So were you putting out um, projects under that name? Uh, no, I hadn't. Uh, I think I maybe put out like one project, but I was just putting out songs. Yeah, yeah. Do people in your circle start to catch on and be like, oh shit, you're fucking dope? Yes. Yeah. 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 Do, yeah. You get a certain amount of like local fame amongst friends or or people in the neighborhood. Yeah, for or the most part. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, that was kind of like me stepping up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Did you have college plans after after high school? No, I went to West LA for like a semester or two. Yeah, but not I was really. Like, Man, this ain't this shit. Ain't. So it kind of was uh, in your head. Like, this or nothing. It's, it's this music or nothing. or nothing. No backup plan. I'm just going to. I didn't have no plan B. I wasn't playing basketball. I'm I was like, work I, menial this... jobs to support the music habit. That's it. When do you finally put out like your first completed project? 2018. The, the Nana, the the EP. That's the first time you ever put something out? Like a pro complete project? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. You really took your time. Yeah. Yeah. You were really shedding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's yeah. a, that's really interesting. Yeah. So then what's life like for all of those years in between? Uh, Just trial and error, meeting different people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, 
making projects that never come out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I probably yeah. made like four or five different projects that just never came out. Yeah. Because, uh, I don't know, probably a half an hour ago in the interview, you said you were working at Abercrombie and Fitch in 08. Mm-hmm. You were already working on music secretly at that point, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then Nana's EP is 2018, so there's 10 years in between there. Yeah. Did you ever have any brushes with fate where it's like, oh, I'm, I ended up in this studio with somebody big time or I, I like helped write a song or, or what, like, you know what I mean? Like, what, what goes on in those 10 years? Um, I, I had a few situations where I was just like, you know, like, this is it. This yeah. is it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and then every time you think, like, this is it you fall short. You know what I'm saying? Like, you like, you know, you you meet like a radio personality or something like, oh shit, okay, they're going to play my song and then this is where I get my big break and this I'm going to make. But, you know, it didn't happen like that, you know? And it was more so of a like building block, like just, you know, building the blocks up to, instead of having this instant big moment, it's more of like a building. Step by step. Yeah, step by step. And then by the time you look up, you got a whole house and you're like, oh shit, damn, okay. And I'm glad that I had to go through that. That route. Yeah, I would rather have went through that than to have, you know, advanced um, to be where I am now to like, I had to go through that to be where I am now. And I'm glad that it happened the way that it happened because, you know, shit, I I was still young. I was still learning. You know what I'm saying? So. When do you start building the structure for, you know, the artist now known as Nana? Like, when do you start getting a manager? Do you have a manager even? I, I don't know, because I assume, like, right now, I could be incorrect. You seem like you must be signed. Mm-hmm. You seem like everything is in the right position to where within two years you might be a household name. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like to me. Mm-hmm. I've been right before. I've been wrong before. Who knows? <laughs> but I'm saying, like... The moment that I heard the tape and I saw the visuals behind it, oh, this is, there's structure behind this. This is like somebody believes in this and somebody's helping this dude get all the way at this point, right? Yep. yep. Okay. So when does that start happening? Uh, I want to say after Nana's EP. Yeah. You get some A&Rs calling you like, hey, what are your future plans? <laughs> Man, I like crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. uh, really, honestly, I just built it out and fleshed all of this out with my team. Uh, yeah. I do have manager Dot and uh drew and like some of the most instrumental pieces of my team yeah have always been um kayla reefer who does like a lot of like my um my uh uh, uh like photos and yeah. you know creative She's stuff and you know amazing photos yeah, yeah. and really good job uh, uh devon yeah you know who's stuck it out with me you know what i'm saying like yeah. like just thugging it out you know long hours of the night fucking recording you know what i'm saying i record everything at home so i wasn't going to a studio even till this day yeah. i do everything at home everything at a certain point it makes you feel like i i sound this good at home what's the point of what's going to point? a studio you know what i'm saying then i have like, to put pants on you know exactly <laughs> exactly and pay you know so i'm like yo everybody else is new to this quarantine shit i've been doing yeah, <laughs> sitting yeah, right. recording at home we recorded the whole save yourself through Zoom. Yeah. Oh, wow. Through Zoom. Like, he would control the Pro Tools through Zoom in real That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't even know you could do that. Yep. Wow. Yeah, we figured it out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and my uh, my boy, Jimmy Stone, he does all my, like, visuals, um, like, freestyles and shit like that. You see, um, like, we just, you know, we, we really just built it out. Oh, and my boy, Andrew Litton, he does all, like, my professional, professional videos. Yeah. So, uh, all of these relationships, I've known these people for, like, five six seven years or me and devon like 20 years now you know what i'm saying from yeah that's a crazy friendship story like that yeah. the fact that he's been in your corner so long and yeah. he's really um just got your back that way yeah yeah yeah, exactly shit like even getting here you know what i'm saying we thugged it out <laughs> you feel me? So, yeah but that's that's we got a name for it. it's called sweat equity yeah you know what i'm saying yeah that's yeah. what it is like we just putting in the work because we believe in each other and respectively everything that they're doing as well like you know i i equally believe yeah in and it. if you win they win and vice versa vice versa yeah. that's what it's all about it's family you know what i'm saying like it's it's more family than anything it's not you know yeah and that's like what the foundation is built upon. So when yeah. you see all of this shit, it's not just me. Like these are all you could tell. You have a structure behind yeah. you, and not a lot of artists have that complete package and structure behind right. them. And so that's why I was so impressed when I heard the record and saw the visuals. I was like, I'm like, ah, oh, there's no way this guy's gonna respond to my DM. He's like probably already like 
he's probably like so tied into the machine already or the system already but like it really seems like you've built it all organically yeah it's organic yeah you know what i'm saying and like there were there were there were a lot of things like that you know just a, re- a lot of relationships that came along with that building with the ugly franks and the i'll fight you's and stuff yeah, like that how do you going know those up, guys man so my boy umi um who worked at the hundreds um uh, he's from Tacoma, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. And my cousin introduced me to Umi uh, because uh, Umi and a friend of his, like, were, they were like roommates. They went to college together. Um, uh, they went to fit them. Yeah. They went to fit them together. Yeah. So I met Umi um, and he became like a big brother mentor, you know, and um, he had like this whole community of people that were like his family, you yeah. know, from back home in Tacoma. Yeah. And some of them were out here, some of them were back in Tacoma, but as myself and Umi's relationship grew, like me and Umi, like we became like family, like brothers, you know what I'm saying? So I met a lot of the guys that he was kind of grew up around yeah. and, you know, were doing music with, because Umi was also doing music at the time. And um, I met Ugly Frank just going to Umi's studio in, yeah. uh, in North Hollywood. They called it the, the Galaxy. And Ugly Frank was just like, to me, he's, he's like the illest. He's so good. Just like, like I'm like, yo, man, how are you this good, bro? Yeah. Like you're like you can rap. Yeah, and he's so nonchalant about it. He's like, so, yeah, I don't yeah. really give a fuck about. He's like, I don't give a fuck yeah. about rap. You know what I'm saying? That's that's ugly, Frank. You know, man. and Glenn and those. I'll fight you guys. And like, what really like, like made me like, yo, these guys are it. Yeah. Just seeing their fan base yeah. you know what i'm saying and how much people fucked with them coming from tacoma tacoma's not a big place no it's small it's small as shit yeah. you know the last saying? time i seen them uh, i went to one of their shows at los globos yeah and i was trying to take photos of it i was and, there and, oh you were i was there oh yeah there That's you go I, I was taking photos in the front and the crowd it wasn't a huge crowd but it was so fucking aggressive i broke two of my fingernails in half getting fucked up like just getting hit by people i was in so much pain like i'm like fuck i'm taking photos my fingers are bleeding and shit it was fucking crazy man yeah Yeah, those guys are so talented chris p those man i mean amazing producer oh my goodness like just like so ahead of their time it's really it's funny i've done almost 200 of these at this point and even more on a different channel before so i've I've talked to like you know hundreds and hundreds of artists and frank's like one of the only dudes that i like really keep in touch with and like joke via instagram and shit yes we we, we roast in each other every time every time and i love going out there i go out to to, i actually open for them in tacoma oh no shit yeah yeah umi ended up opening when he left the hundreds he ended up opening a store in tacoma uh, etc etc yeah I've probably talked to Umi. ETC sent me some t-shirts a couple times. Oh, yeah. yeah those you were are... talking to Umi then. Yeah, no yeah. shit. Wow, that's Damn. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, like, wait, if he worked at the hundreds, did he start a clothing store? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, he did. Yep. That's amazing. Yep, that's... Uh, uh, Yo, this yep. is a real small world, man. It's we know a lot small. of the same people. We know a lot of the same people, yeah. yeah. And that that's like family, man. Like, yeah. for real, for real. So, like, I probably have been to Tacoma more times than anywhere else in the in the U.S. No like, shit. Yeah, real shit. Yeah. Real shit. Yeah, it's super dope. And this was when he opened up etc i performed there and then i'll fight you perform like like later after so yeah. um just seeing their fan base you know what i'm saying and yeah. and the people that fuck with them i'm like yo this is so fucking dope yeah you know what i'm saying to come from a small town like this and to have the people like really fuck with you in this way it might be more difficult to cross over to the nation when, when you're from that small area like yeah. that but um, man that loyalty you get from the home base from the, exactly it's, it's 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 actually easier uh being a los angeles artist to have that kind of following elsewhere than it is to have that following in la in la yeah you know what i mean because yeah. yeah, yeah, in la yeah. there's too many aspiring this it's that, a lot others. too many aspiring yeah, fucking models literally. aspiring actors everybody aspiring does something you a movie director you something so it's everybody like it's almost something. like everyone's too cool to be that rabbit of a fan yeah, you feel me man, you see it at the show sometimes yeah. you're just kind of like yo like you know what I'm saying like you see it sometimes but that's one thing that I love about you know what they got going on in their movement and Absolutely. all of that shit you know what I'm saying and then for them to be like so down to earth and so cool yeah. you know what I'm saying it's yeah. like yo nah I love those guys yeah so did you already have like the management and, and the beginning of the structures by the time uh, the Nana EP comes out uh, or Nana's EP 
So, yes and no. Yeah. Yes and no. I was working with my brother at the time. Yeah. So me and him kind of like, we worked on that and like we fleshed it out. Your literal brother. Yeah, yeah, my literal brother. Older one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that's nine years older than you? Yeah, exactly. He exactly. makes music too or what? No, he, he like really showed me the ropes just as like, you know what I'm saying? Getting started. Like he, because yeah. he, he's worked in the business before. Like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? So he's and, tapped in. Yeah. That's that's really where I got my legs on an EP or just like like rake, making like real structured songs yeah, that could connect with people. Yeah, you know right, what I'm saying. Right. So that first EP, like it put me in a mindset of art. Right, I need to like really make songs. Like I know how to structure songs, yeah. but I need to like really make songs that are gonna move people. Yeah, you know. So so do you immediately start working on save yourself? After Nana's EP, nah, you take a little probably break, like maybe like uh, maybe like six months. Take six months off and then start working on it. Or what? I started working on ideas for it. Yeah, like just kind of like fleshing it out because I didn't know what I wanted to title. Yeah, the project. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I I worked just working on songs and just like like trying to trying to figure out what direction I wanted to go yeah. in, you know? And is it kind of like once you have three or four of the songs done, then you start seeing like, oh, now I know the direction of this. I understand. I know what else I need. Yes. 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 So just like really building building on that. And then um it's funny, I had met Reason and when did I meet Reason? I wanna say it was twenty it might have been twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Yeah. I met Reason, um, and we hadn't even like no no music came up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying it right. was just kind of like an introduction. My my sister's best friend is uh, Kaz's sister. No shit. Yeah, so yeah, we went to high I, and I know her. Like we yeah. had chemistry class together yeah. at Dorsey. So she introduced me to Reason at a uh, Jags this rapper uh, Jag. He he had a, a listening session. Yeah, and Reason was there. Yeah, and me and him met, and you know. We hadn't talked about any music. I was still working on a project and stuff like that uh-huh. at that time. And um, uh, he was just a super cool dude. As you notice, it, there's not really many features on nah. the project. Yeah, you kind of uh, handle a lot of the heavy lifting yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So most of the songs were already like done. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And the o- the only other feature that is on there was is my boy Black Soul from Tacoma. I met oh. him through Umi yeah. as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, you know, after having the project, like, pretty much done already adding like a few songs me and reason we drew up the concept for la times bada bing bada boom that's done and then uh black soul jumps on save yourself and wow yeah i'm like i need a, a just like a like a powerful voice for this song yeah yeah he was the perfect fit so did the record come out independently yes you guys put it out yourself yep but when it's finished mm-hmm. do you look at it and go like Wow, I did something here. Like, like, did you feel proud of it? Yeah, or for you, sure. Do you know, I, I, and I don't mean obviously you feel proud of it, but like, do do you feel like it's a life changing record? Because I feel like it's a life changing record for you. I think I feel like it is yeah. definitely a hundred percent. Like, you know, just in terms of just like how I've seen how it like has impacted people that yeah. have reached out to me, like, yeah. like from all different walks of life. Yeah, um, I feel like it is. You know. Uh, a lot of people are still discovering it at the same time. Yeah, know? it's a. So. Sl- I mean, you're choosing the slow road, or you've taken the slow road, you know. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it is going to be a slow build. That said, since putting it out independently, mm-hmm. I I, th- I thought there must be major label help behind it, but there is none. Do us. you think you'll go the major label route, or do you want to stay independent? Like, what do you think you're going to do? Um, man, I'm just I'm just riding a wave of like where this shit is right now, honestly, yeah. and just like the best situation that comes, you know what I'm saying, I'm gonna take advantage of. Yeah. Whether that's like, you know, on that scale or like on a bigger scale. Yeah. It's a hard time to put out such a good record yeah. because I think had it come out in twenty nineteen yeah. or whenever the pandemic is over, yeah. it's like booking agents would have come, you'd be touring. Yeah. You know, I could see you on the road with like yeah, you know, cause or IDK or yeah. or somebody, even if, even yeah. a Kendrick, you know, Reason, yeah. School with Q, somebody yeah. like you'd be a great act to get introduced with people like those, you know. Yeah, um, yeah no, no, it, it it definitely was an interesting time to yeah. put out a record. But yeah, I feel like I put it out when people needed it most. Right, it couldn't have come at a better time. You know, having like twenty twenty was like a pivotal moment for everybody, right. all of our lives. Right, and I needed to make the soundtrack for that. You know, what I'm saying coming yeah. from where I come from, given my experiences. 
but still giving the human experience at the same time. Yeah. You know, and we all go, man, 2020 is like, like literally like we're in the, the zeitgeist period. You know right, what I'm saying? So right. I'm like, okay, how do I put that on record? Like, how do I put that on the canvas? Yeah. You know, so um, I'm glad that it came out when it did. But to your saying, yeah. like, it came at a crazy time where... Because you can't play any shows for Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because I feel like this is the record that would start getting you that rabid, like, fan base at the shows going yeah. crazy. And yeah, it's like, yeah, you're yeah. not getting to experience any of that. And that's a bummer. Yeah, I know. I know. But I'm looking forward to coming out of this, like, you know, with a with great amount of and like, guns know, supporters. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, shit, man. Congrats. Thank you. I think your story is very dope. I think that, um, you know, taking that slow road, you're setting yourself up for long-term uh, success, whether that be independent or with a major label. I think, um, you know, if, if the majors aren't trying to sign you yet, they're fucking dumb. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, man. Thank you, I look man. forward to, the, to everything to come, and I'm sure that uh, it's just going to get better. You seem like one of those artists whose trajectory is going to just constantly keep going up. Right, right. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Do yeah. you have any favorites? Uh, I really like um, King Boulevard. Mm. and uh, I mean, the song with Reason is fucking fantastic as well. Um, but I know that you're performing New Benz, right? Yeah, yeah. And New Benz is a banger as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That, that's what's interesting to me is that you can really formidably rap 4-4 or, or like double time kind of, yep. you know? Because yep. New Benz is more of like a double time rap. Yeah, yeah. I was never able to really like get that pattern and like, and like flex with it. Like I, I always felt like I would sacrifice what I was saying for... For the, for flow, the flow, whereas like yeah. you're able to really accomplish like s- portraying a message while double timing. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyhow, that's, yeah, that's love. I, I like that analysis. Yeah, I like. I always I like asking people what their favorite. Yeah, are. man. Uh, but yeah, I think King Boulevard is my is my one. There we go. That one's that one's fucking fire. There we go. Okay, so. Before we get out of here, tell the people where they can find you online. To find me on everything at Nana is King. Uh, Twitter is a little different at Nana is King underscore. Um, uh, I'm on Instagram, SoundCloud, Nana is King, yep. um, Nana on all streaming platform services, the name of the project to save yourself. Yep. I'll check it out. It is worth your time. It is a wonderful project. I feel like it's a really, it's really an accomplishment that I think is going to change your life. And yeah. I hope that it's going to change your life. And, um, you know, you seem like you've worked hard enough to where you deserve it. And, uh, and, and yeah, so congrats on everything to come in the future. Uh, shout out to Vaughn for getting you here yeah. and breaking down four times in the car. You yeah, know what I mean? You guys made it. <laughs> we made it. It's shit is dedication <laughs> and sweat equity. Uh, there we go. <laughs> See, this is our literature too, man. We have a, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh, my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as intuition. You can follow me online at it's intuition you can follow uh, us as a unit at kind of neat on twitter and instagram and even tiktok uh youtube.com slash kind of neat where you're going to see nana perform new bends and yeah that said that's nana i'm lee and this is kind of neat